Welcome to the Girl, Get Your Voice Back podcast, a podcast all about helping women to overcome condemnation and silence shame by standing on the promises of God and coupling faith with action. Four times a month, I deliver the truth that many don't want to hear, but if you heed to what I'm saying, you're bound to be set free and walk boldly in your assignment. I'm your host, Ebony D. James, and I aim to amplify women's voices and help them to walk into their God-given mandate fearlessly and strategically. a mindset based on the word of God and we're going to also be talking about the steps that you can take to renew your mind on a daily weekly monthly annual basis right a lot of times when we're talking about the roots of depression and when we're getting into all of these different mental health issues how does this stuff stem from the mind when we talk about the lies of the enemy he's dealing with mindset right if we're putting on the mind of Christ and if we're cultivating a mindset based on biblical principles and standards we could probably 100% of the time combat depression we could combat these mental health issues right it's going to start with the word of God so I'm excited to hop in to talk to you about cultivating a mindset based on biblical principles and standards and the word of God What are the things that affect our mindset? What are the things that keep us hindered? And how can we combat those things? How can we put on the mind of Christ? How can we renew our minds? So you know how we get into it. We're going to kick it off with the Anchor Scripture. And today's episode, Anchor Scripture, is going to be coming from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And we all know Romans 12. I'm going to read it to you in the New King James Version as well as the Good News Translation Version. And the NKJV says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Good News Translation reads it like this. Do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. So you're asking, how do you begin to be changed inwardly? By a complete change of your mind, right? It says, then you will be able to know the will of God, right? A lot of times we're in this place where we're like, I just want to search for my purpose. I want to know what I'm called to do. Lord, a lot of people, you know, as you get older and older, you still realize, like, man, I don't know my purpose. I don't know what I'm called to do, right? And it says, once you don't confirm yourselves to the standards of this world, but you let God transform you inwardly by changing your mind, then you will be able to know the will of God. Then you will be able to know the will of God for your life. Then you will be able to know your purpose. So if you find yourself struggling with understanding the will of God for your life that concerns your marriage, that concerns your your destiny, right? Look at Romans 12 2 and, and see what it says. And so let me finish for the Good News Translation. It says, then you will be able to know the will of God, what is good and is pleasing to him and is perfect, right? So what is the will of God? It is the good thing. It is the pleasing thing. It is the thing that pleases God. It is the perfect will of God. All right, so let's get back into it. So what this verse tells us is that transformation begins in our mind, right? If you want to see change, Inwardly, you got to transform the way you think. 
You got to transform your perception, right? Only then will you be able to know God's will for your life. Only then will you be able to get into alignment with his perfect will for you. It says, let him transform you. Let God transform you inwardly from the inside out so he can tear down any misconceptions, any lie, any barriers that are keeping you from doing what is the perfect and pleasing thing for you. What is that perfect and pleasing will? Basically, when we're talking about renewing your mind, we're talking about a change of perspective. There's a perspective shift that needs to happen so you can move forward. And we're going to get into that when we talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17. And it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So changing the way we think changes our perspective, which changes the way we respond. It says, if anyone is in Christ, remember, we're talking about conditional and unconditional promises. It says, if anyone is in Christ, right? So the moment you give your life to Christ, the moment you decide to turn away from all others and submit to God's rule and his reign and his authority for your life, it says he is a new creation. If he's in Christ, he's a new creation. That's the promise. It says all things, everything that happened before you became in Christ, everything that happened, all those old things have now passed away. You have a new slate. Behold, all things have become new. So when we talk about condemnation and shame, if you gave your life to Christ, right? If you are now in Christ, that abortion you had, that marriage that ended um, prematurely, that sin that you committed the day before, behold, old things have passed away, all things have become new. When we're talking about this perspective shift, once you become in Christ, all those mindsets, all those things that you thought you believed, it says now those things have passed away and now your mindset begins to change. It's a perspective shift that happens when we come in Christ. When we become daughters and sons, when we take our rightful place as a son or a daughter next to Jesus. So we have to change the way we think. Like I said, it changes our perspective. It changes the way we respond. Have you ever been in a situation more than once? And in hindsight, you realize that your response has been the exact same every time. For example, let's say temptation. That's a great example. Let's talk about temptation. Have you ever been in a situation you was already where you wasn't supposed to be? If you just forgive me, I ain't gonna do it no more. I'm not gonna submit to that temptation no more. Have you ever been in that situation where it's like, I'm not gonna do it, and then you realize if you think later, it's like, man, every time I was in that situation, even though I didn't wanna do it, like I really didn't wanna do it, but then it happened anyway. And you realize you made the same choice every single time. Maybe it was an ex. How many times did you say you were going to leave, dude, and you just kept going back? How many times did you say you were going to leave that city and go somewhere else for a new start, and then you stayed month after month, even though you had an opportunity to leave? Or maybe it was pertaining to your health. How many times did you say you were going to start working out, right, or change your diet, or start meal prepping, but then gave up? Listen, I ain't just talking to y'all, I'm talking to myself, right? How many times do we stay in a situation after we know we need to get out of that situation? How many times do we make a 
a bad decision knowing that we need why the reason why we continue to make these decisions and making the wrong and bad decisions over and over and over because we said it but we never really believed it we said it with our mouth we thought that we wanted to do this but we never really believed that it was possible it's like i don't even believe it's possible i don't even believe it's worth it right because maybe it's possible maybe you have a whole map of how you can do what's supposed to be done but then like man is it even worth it in my heart i really did want to be free and make a lifestyle change in my heart i really did want to keep up with this workout schedule and this meal prep plan in my heart i really did want to keep up and be consistent and be a woman of my word when it came to this specific situation i wanted to but god's word proved true it says the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak right the spirit can be willing my spirit is willing my spirit is willing but that flesh is weak the flesh is weak and we got to figure out how we overcome that we have to understand how to change our mindsets and our perspective because I believe once you change your mindset, everything else gets into alignment. Once you change your mindset, you really do begin to see things differently. You really do begin to respond differently. Those bad decisions that you used to make, once you have a perspective shift, once your mindset shifts, you really can choose a different thing. Because now you believe better. You believe greater. You believe that that thing is possible. You believe that this big change that I'm about to make is going to be worth it. The transformation that is going to happen after this new shift is going to be worth it. Because even though you want change, it could be a mindset. Like I said, you have a, a limited belief that's keeping you back. You have a, a, a trauma experience that's holding you back from believing that certain things are possible for you. There's some kind of limiting belief. There's some barrier, a wall that you've put up in your mind that is keeping you from moving forward. It's keeping you from being able to come out on the other end. It's keeping you from being able to see transformative results. I know. I know. I've experienced it. Listen, my actions didn't line up with my desire. And there wasn't a true perspective shift that happened. I hadn't been exposed to something that was like, oh man, if, it, if, if she did it, you know, I can do it too. And reality is I just didn't want it bad enough, right? A lot of times we want some things, but it's like you don't want it bad enough until you got to do it, until you don't have a choice. And so we got to come from under there, right? Because you, even if you didn't want it bad enough, eventually you will. Eventually, you're gonna want it bad enough or you're not gonna even have a choice. Like, no, I have to make these health changes. I have to stop succumbing to temptation. I have to do this, right? Listen, when you want something bad enough, something happens on the inside of us and it happens here first. And then you're no longer satisfied with mediocrity. You're no longer satisfied with who you are. You're no longer satisfied with the current decisions that you've been making and then boom, the shift happens, right? So we're trying to get to the shift. And I want you to ask yourself, you think about whatever that thing is for you, whatever that situation is for you, whatever that thing you've been telling yourself for months, for years, whatever it is for you, you put that in the forefront of your mind. And I want you to think about it. And then I want you to ask yourself, am I really ready for the shift to happen? And do I really want this thing bad enough? We're ending the series off this first season of the Girl Get Your Voice Back podcast we're ending it and we're introducing season two, which is all about focusing on cultivating a biblical mindset. It's about letting
the toxic mindsets that hinder us from being who we're called to be and from believing the word of God, right? We're letting go of all of these things that keep us from doing what we're called to do. This is where the shift is happening. This is where the shift begins. As we're closing out season one and going into season two, I believe that God wants to help us shift. And that's going to be specific to you. But if you're ready for it, then stay tuned. And so we've heard of a common quote, and I used to hear it a lot when I was growing up. And I don't know if you all heard this. I'm pretty sure you have. And this quote is, an idle mind is what? An idle mind is the devil's playground. I don't know about y'all, but I heard that all the time. Do you believe that an idle mind is the devil's playground? Or you think it's just a cute, cute quote that people say that don't have no kind of truth to it? Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. And I want to ask you a question. Keeping that in mind, did you know that sin usually begins in our mind with a thought with just a simple thought sin usually begins in our mind when we hear people saying that an idle mind is the devil's playground it's usually because sin begins in our mind it begins with a thought a very simple thought but one simple thought can lead to more thoughts more beliefs and it began to like penetrate, right? Penetrate our mind. And now the, that one simple thought is now turned into a whole plan of something you know you ain't supposed to be doing. I believe, now that you've answered my question of you believing if an idle mind is a devil playground or not, I believe that an idle mind is dangerous. One reason for this is because, you know, it's, it, an idle mind tends to wonder, right? It, it tends to wonder, it, it becomes curious of like, hmm, what if I did this? Hmm, I know I ain't supposed to go here, but like, what if? What if I did? Like, what? that may not even happen. You know, it's a 50-50 chance. What if? You start trying to figure out stuff to get into when you, when you have an idle mind. When you lack purpose. When you don't understand what you're supposed to be doing. When you don't understand who and whose you are. You, you have an idle mind. You just sit at home and you don't have nothing to do. You watching TV all day. You watch, you playing video games all day. You doing whatever you want to do all day. It's an idle mind. And when our mind is idle, right, it's easier to give into temptation. When our mind is idle, it's easy for us to be disobedient. When our mind is idle, it's easy for us to start doing things we had no business doing because we ain't got nothing else to do. Let's be real. Let's be real, y'all. I know that, that's how it was for me when I just, listen, I would get in the most trouble when I was bored. When I had nothing to do when I was bored, I was just sitting at home idle. We bored. We ain't got nothing else to do. We don't know who who we are. We don't know what we're supposed to be doing with life. We just out here chilling. We out here chilling. And so you start making bad decisions. You start making the wrong choices. It's because more than likely you have an idle mind. You're bored. And so that's why it's important that we use discipline even when it comes to our mind, right? We have to be disciplined when it comes to our thinking and our thoughts and controlling the way we think and controlling the things that we think about. A disciplined mind is able to withstand 
the temptations of this world. If you have a mind that is set on the word of God, remember we're talking about cultivating a mindset based on the word of God, not based on your cute affirmations, not based on the affirmations that everybody in their mama is talking about and saying. We're not talking about those cute affirmations. We're talking about the biblical affirmations that are gonna come through um, strategic prayers that are gonna come through the reading of the word and that alone. So Philippians 4, 8. Like I said, a disciplined mind is able to withstand the temptations of this world. A disciplined mind is able to think on things that are above, right? And so when we talk about Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, the word of God is the truth. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, you need to be thinking on those kind of things. Whatever is just, which means whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. And some of y'all think like, oh, this, this dude, he, look, he looking real lovely to me. But that ain't the lovely he's talking about. Whatever is lovely, right? Cause that lovely gonna have you in sin, right? That ain't the discipline thoughts I'm talking about, right? It says whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about those things. So when we talk about a disciplined mind, a disciplined mind is a, a mind based on Philippians 4, 8, a mind that thinks on things that are true, a mind that thinks on things that are honorable, a mind that thinks on things that is just and right, a mind that thinks on things that is pure, that thinks on things that is lovely, commendable, of things that are excellent, things that are worthy of praise. These are the things we have to put our mind on. We have to focus on these things. This scripture gives us several options of things to think of, to think about, to think on, right? In order to establish that discipline and that sound mind, y'all. That focused mind. Anything that doesn't fall into one of these categories, we got to reconsider. Like, why am I thinking about this? This is directly in opposition to what Philippians 4 8 tells me to think about. So why am I even thinking about it? Why am even dwelling here why am I allowing myself to be so consumed by this thought and it doesn't align with any of these categories here in Philippians 4 8 we got to reconsider that thought right because the Bible also tells us we got to cast down these imaginations that's in 2nd Corinthians we got to cast down every thought right every high thing that tries to exalt itself or rise above right or make itself superior then chapter 10 verses 5 it says cast down imaginations and every thought and you say some of them thoughts you know because sometimes we like to pick and choose maybe not y'all but sometimes you know we like to pick and choose what we gonna think about we like to pick and choose the things that we gonna cast down it's like man you've been sitting here struggling with these negative thoughts that you ain't good enough that you ain't worthy and you ain't casting them thoughts down but as soon as somebody come and say something to you oh i rebuke that i cast it down you need I don't know what word I'm reading, but the word that I be reading, 
right? You may have to ask yourself this multiple times a day. Like, what am I thinking about today? Like, where, where have my thoughts been? My mind said, where is it? What have I been focused on? What have I been allowing to consume my thought? Because the mind is where transformation happens. The mind is where transformation happens. And listen, you can have a positive transformation or a negative transformation. It's your choice, right? People like to be the pro, the pro choices of the world. Listen, it's your choice. It is your choice on what type of transformation you allow to happen to you, right? So last Sunday on Pentecost Sunday, um, Darius and I, my husband, we had the privilege to um, tag team minister. Um, and one of the things I talked about was the power of our imagination in prayer, right? And I talked about how the power of your imagination in prayer is the power of your belief. It's the power of your thoughts and the power of your mindset. And I talked about how, you know, the, we know the imagination is simply our ability to form a mental image or a picture of something that's not perceived through seeing, through smelling, through hearing, through um, touching or tasting, right? Through the five senses. It's just a mental picture that we can form of anything, right? How, how your ability to imagine is your ability to believe, right? For something. And I talked about how your ability to imagine goes hand in hand with your level of faith. Your level of faith to believe, to dream, to picture, and to think. It all goes hand in hand with what we're talking about here. When we talk about mindset, when we talk about faith, it all goes hand in hand with this about imagination so on Pentecost Sunday we were talking about you know the Holy Spirit coming to descend upon the apostles and the people who were with them um, in the upper room and we were talking about this and we were saying you know when we started declaring these strategic prayers these biblical based affirmations when we're praying these prayers and declaring and decreeing these things with our mouth when we're saying it we're not just saying it we're actually aligning our thoughts with what's coming out of our mouth we're imagining what we're saying, right? So that way, if I'm believing that God is going to heal my body, I'm not just believing that God's going to heal my body. I'm imagining myself healed, right? It's the power of your imagination. It's the power of your belief. It's the power of your mindset, okay? And we all know that faith is a mindset. Faith is a mindset that many people cannot tap into, right? You have to have faith. You have to have a mindset to believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior, a man that you've never seen before. What? We know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? So you have to have a mindset to believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, a man that you've never seen before, a man that you've never had a physical encounter with, right? You have to believe that he is who he says he is. And then we talked about how even the Bible says, but you, beloved, building up yourself, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So, of course, Pentecost Sunday, we were talking about praying in the Holy Spirit and how it builds up your faith, right? So a lot of times if you're struggling to shift your mindset, spend some time praying in the Holy Spirit. That's found in Jude chapter 1, verse 20. So if you're struggling to shift your mindset, if you're struggling to overcome negative thoughts and beliefs about yourself, about others, about your future, about your destiny, spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. Because as you pray in the Spirit, as you begin to pray these effectual, fervent prayers, right, and speaking in 
your most holy faith. You begin to build up like your ability to imagine, your ability to dream big, your ability, you know what I'm saying? So you ain't really gotta pay no mindset coach to help you with mindset, you just get into your word. Come on somebody, y'all out here wanna pay, y'all paying all of these mindset coaches to help you when you can just get into your word. The Bible is your mindset coach. Why? So we can put on the mind of Christ. We want to trade in doubt. Why? So we can put on the mind of Christ. 
and put on the mind of Christ. I got to trade in those thoughts of unworthiness so I can put on the mind of Christ. I got to trade in the thoughts that, that I'm, I'm unforgiven so I can put on the mind of the Christ. I got to trade in the thoughts that I'll never be nothing even though your teacher said that to you all the time. I got to trade all of that in because I got to put on the mind of Christ. You got to trade in the thoughts that you're not a good mom so you can put on the mind of Christ. You have to trade in the, the thoughts that you've been believing about yourself, that you've been believing about your spouse, that you've been believing about your children, that you've been believing about the church. Come on, somebody. Them negative thoughts that y'all got, those toxic mindsets because of church hurt, y'all got to trade that in for the mind of Christ. It says think on the things that are pure, the things that are just, the things that are true. What does the Bible tell us? Y'all out here got church trying to let y'all, y'all just going to hell because of church hurt. Y'all ain't got no kind of forgiveness on y'all. Y'all got to put on the mind of Christ. Listen, because once we have the mind of Christ, we can begin to think more like Jesus and respond, right? Y'all want to forgive everybody but the church. Y'all forgiving everybody but the pastors. Y'all want to coexist with everything but the church. Come on, y'all. We got to think more like Jesus. We got to respond and behave like he would. Listen, I, when we put on the mind of Christ, our, dis our discernment begins to increase, right? And the thoughts that we usually have are replaced with praiseworthy thoughts. It says, think on the thoughts that are worthy of praise. We, we find ourselves becoming more patient with our spouse. We become more patient with our children. We become more patient with our coworkers, more patient with our family members right if you a teacher you become more patient with your students and our responses to different situations begin to shift the things that used to keep you bothered and frustrated and overwhelmed and anxious don't cause you to feel those things no more because your perspective has changed I, listen y'all our mind the way we think the, the the what we know right plays an integral part in your soul so we're not just talking about renewing our mind. We're talking about soul issues, y'all. We're talking about soul issues. And listen, y'all, knowledge is a matter of the soul. Our thoughts is a matter of the soul. Mindset is a matter of the soul. Why? Because we know that our soul is made up of one's mind, will, and emotions. So it, it just goes much deeper than a mindset coach, right? Because a mindset coach has to affect your soul. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all, y'all got mindset coaches who don't even believe in God and it's affecting your soul. That's why you leave and you still depressed. That's why you leave and you still struggling. You just came about some money and you still out here struggling with depression. You still out here struggling with double-mindedness. You're still out here struggling with confusion. You don't. You still don't know what to do. You still don't know which way to go. Why? Because you're dealing with a mindset coach or you're dealing with mindsets that aren't aligned with the word of God. People, listen. Listen, we got to wake up. Everybody woke, but ain't nobody up. Wake up here. Listen, Proverbs tells us that knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. That's in Proverbs 2, chapter, um, chapter 2, verses 10. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Right? And the Amplified says it's like this. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge of my law where I reveal my will. 
replace mental health therapists with the word of God. That's why we can't replace um, these cute affirmations with the word of God. We can't replace those things with the word of God because the Bible tells us that if we reject this word, if we reject God, then he's going to reject us. It says he's going to forget your children when you forget his law. Come on. And y'all out here talking about generational, generational wealth, generational influence. That, that's going to stop if you reject the law in the process. Come on. Come on, y'all. That's in Hosea 4, 6. We got to pick up the word so that we may know his good and perfect will for our life. So that we may know and understand the best plan of action for all of these different situations that we've been struggling with. This is the power of our mindset. This is why we got to renew our mind daily. Y'all, let me tell y'all six factors that affect or influence your mindset. And I probably posted this around in 2018, 2019, possibly 2020. Um, I was talking a lot on mindset, y'all, and biblical mindset to be, you know, biblical mindset. I was talking about this and I had posted, I probably, I think I posted like seven or maybe five. And I talked about factors that affect or influence our mindset, y'all. And y'all will realize, like, especially if you begin to, like, really dig deep into this and begin to journal and really begin to self-reflect on some of the things that I'm talking about, you're going to realize that, oh, these things definitely have influenced your thoughts. They have influenced the, what you believe about yourself, what you believe about people, what you believe about the world, what you believe about the church, what you believe about Christ. Like, you're going to realize that one of these things have impacted you in a way that has influenced what you believe and think, right? It's influenced your soul. All right, so one of them is inheritance. It's the inheritance you have when you were born, right? It can affect your mindset. So if you grew up in poverty, if you grew up with nothing, you may feel like you were meant to be that way. Oh, I ain't going to never have nothing. Why? Because the first 25 years of your life, you ain't have nothing. That's what you think about yourself. You think that you're going to always have to work hard and keep a nine to five because that's all you ever had to do. That's all you saw your mama do. So your mindset, the, 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 the family that you've grown in, the environment that you grew up in, all of that stuff begins to impact your thoughts. You may see yourself getting jealous easily when you see others who, who, who grew up with wealth. You see people at school, they always got on the new J's, right? That was the thing in our in our um, high school, middle school, and so growing up, right? They always had the new stuff. They always was, you know, going to everything. They always was dressed in their They always was in that lifestyle, right? Because because their parents had money. They grew up in money. So now you jealous and you envious and you find yourself comparing yourself. Mindset, y'all. This stuff is affecting the way you think about yourself. You get, you get lower and lower self-esteem because of what somebody else got, what somebody else grew up with. Guys, I am so glad to know that in Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance. And for some of y'all, that just ain't good enough, right? We hear people talk about, man, the inheritance we have as sons and daughters of Jesus. But can we be honest? For sometimes, that just ain't good enough. Go read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14, and it's going to talk about your inheritance. Y'all can read that, and y'all can study into that, but that's what we talk about, the inheritance. So you got to be you gotta be okay with that. You got to be content with your inheritance as a son, with your inheritance as a daughter. And so when we're talking about inheritance, those things affect our mindset. 
The second one is culture. Our culture, our community has a large impact on our mindset in the way we believe. Even from an early age, y'all, we are taught to confirm to the patterns of this world, right? So we begin to take on the beliefs of the world. We begin to take on the beliefs that our culture has put out there. We begin to take on the beliefs of our communities. That's culture. That's how culture impacts us. If your culture celebrates certain holidays, then you begin to put on a belief system about that holiday. If you grew up in a culture or, or community that celebrates Halloween and agrees with witches and want to put you in a costume as a witch, you begin to believe like you, you become desensitized to the fact that a witch ain't a good thing to be dressing up as, as, a, as a Halloween character. You know what I'm saying? Like our culture influences our mindset. The thing that our culture and these different factors that I'm going to talk about, they begin to expose us to certain things and we become desensitized by them. So we begin to come under alignment with these thoughts, with these beliefs, and we be like, oh, this is okay. Family life. We all grow up in some type of family that instills values and beliefs in us, y'all. And right, some families teach us the word of God. And some families teach us how and what to think that's not in line with the word of God, right? They show us, family members show us what we should want and what we should not want, right? But listen, family isn't just the family you're born into. Let's be real. Family can be your church family. Family can be the organization or organizations that you belong to. It can be the life group that you plugged into. It can be the group of friends you've had since a child, right? These things affect our mindset. Your life experiences affect your mindset. Traumatic experiences affect your mindset, right? These past experiences impact how you view the world and the things that are around you. So if you grew up in a home where a parent or a family member was abusive in any kind of way, that affects how you see men. That affects how you see women. That affects how you see people who should be loving you. That affects how you see the father. These experiences, right? If, you, if you've been in a household where you didn't know where your next meal was coming from, that affects how you view your meals today. They shape our perspectives and our responses. Another one, school education, the interactions with your peers within those environments, within those systems. Yeah, that, that affects your perspective. It affects your belief. What, what are your schools teaching? We see in today's time, these schools are out here teaching all kinds of stuff. It's affecting the mindsets of these kids. It's affecting what they're now believing about themselves, about others, about the world, about everything that concerns them. They're beginning to be desensitized to these things. If we know anything about like Eric Erickson's, um, his laws, it says school age is usually the stage when you're trying to figure out who you are. It's that stage when you're trying to figure out what you believe. So when you have a curriculum that now during this time trying to tell you these things, now this shaping who you are. So now you never thought you was not born gay. But all of a sudden, because you've been prematurely exposed to these things as if they're good and okay, now you're like, oh yeah, I want, I'm curious. I've heard people, oh, I'm bi-curious. I'm tri-curious. I'm curious of all the things. These curriculums are influencing our mindsets, our beliefs. It's easier to conform to those pressures and those stats 
and what's right and what's just and what's lovely. We're learning all of these different viewpoints. We're sending these college classrooms filled with atheist professors and they're telling us all their beliefs. And we're being influenced about all these different perspectives. So now we come out of college and now we're curious. We want to go to the, this church. We want to experience the Muslim church. We want to experience this church. And they're all, all those experiences are impacting what we believe. And so there's a lot of pressure. Media, come on y'all, we know media impacts our mindset from the news, from the music, from the internet, social media streets, from TV shows and movies. These things are influencing us in some way. Whether you are directly seeing that influence or later, a lot of times when you see these mass shooters and you go back and find their computers, you can see the internet history that they've been, what they've been watching, what they've been viewing, what they've been reading. It's affected their mindset. These are things that are affecting and influencing our mindset. These are the factors that influence us. So we talked about the factors that influence our mind. And so if we're talking about renewing our mind, let's get to it then. How do we cultivate the mind of Christ? And I'm going to give us four reasons to start that process of cultivating the mind of Christ daily. And um, these are things that we talk about all the time here on the Girl Get Your Voice Back podcast, because I truly believe that when we have this and when we do these four steps regularly, I believe that we're going to be able to walk into something new. We're going to walk into the new. We're going to walk into who we've been created to be. And so step number one for the four steps of cultivating the mind of Christ is repent. First, we have to repent and confess our sins. We have to acknowledge these negative mindsets that we've let control us for so long. We have to repent of these negative toxic thoughts and beliefs that we've let keep us bound. We have to repent of these things that we've let control our actions and our behaviors. We have to repent. That's the first step. It's the first step. It says if we confess our sins that he is faithful and just and he will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's in 1 John 1 through 9. Listen, it says come near to God and he will come near to you. My version, I like to read, says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's James 4, 7, and 8. Read that. Y'all know I love that scripture. The James 4, 7, 8 method. That's what I wrote about in my book, Silent Shame. This is what repentance is all about. It says, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Repent believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repent and believe the good news. That's in Mark 1 verse 15. And then in Acts 2 38, we know we just came off of Pentecost Sunday. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. It says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And once you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, what does the gift of the Holy Spirit allow you to do? Build up your most holy faith. You see how all of this is coming full circle. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that you can be forgiven of your sin, right? And then you will be able to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And once you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, now you can build up your most holy faith. Now you can begin to believe and imagine now your mindset has the opportunity to experience the shift, right? And what is the shift? The shift is to move or cause to move from one place 
to another. We're, we're going from double-mindedness to Christ-mindedness. We're moving from, from confusion to a state of clarity. We're moving from a state of depression to a state of peace. If you need a shift, what do you need a shift for, y'all? We're talking about a perspective shift. That's going to happen because you're in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Now all things have become new. That's the shift. That's the shift. That's the shift. That's the shift. It's a slight change in position. The shift is a slight change in direction. It's a slight change in tendency. Right? Some of us, we need to repent it. We just need to do a whole 180. Not no slight, not no 90 degree angle shift. We need to do a whole 180 and just turn around. The first step is to repent. And then the second step is to believe the gospel. To believe the word of Jesus Christ. To believe what the Bible says is true, right? We have to surrender our lives to God and believe God's word. Because we must be saved to even have the mind of Christ. Everybody don't get that opportunity to have the mind of Christ. I, can we thank God, like thank you Jesus, that I, your daughter, am now able to have the mind of Christ. Everybody don't get to experience that, right? When Jesus died on the cross, he gave each and every one of us to salvation. So what must you do to be saved? Once you recognize your need to be saved, you must believe. You must begin to come into alignment with the thought, with the belief. You must believe it in your mind and confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You must believe that Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead. And you must confess that he is your Lord. That's in Romans 10. Read Romans 10. And then we all know the scripture in John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe, whosoever believes in him should not perish but shall have everlasting life. Mindset. That's the importance of your mindset. That's the importance of your belief system. That's the importance of your perspective. It says because those who believe, they shall have everlasting life. They shall not perish. But here's why we struggle to believe. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, in their case, the God of this world, right? Remember when we talked about the factors that influence us, we talked about how culture, family, all these different factors that influence our mindset and have us conforming to the pattern of the world, right? It says, for the God of this world has blinded. We've been blinded. The curriculum that we're taught in schools are blinding the people. It says, the God of this world has blinded the mind of the unbelievers, of those who do not believe. Unbelievers is someone who do not believe. To keep them, to hinder them, to block them, to keep them in bondage, to keep them oppressed, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. This is why we struggle with believing because there's blinders. The factors that 
Okay, yeah. In the in the natural, it seems that way. It seems that way. Read your words to find out more about that. They're not gonna help you overcome a weak mind if you don't know Jesus. Those those positive affirmations, those cute affirmations, will not help you overcome a weak mind. It will not help you overcome a depressed mind. It will not help you overcome a mind that is easily easily changed. It's not gonna help you in that instance, right? A weak-minded person is an indecisive person. A weak-minded person is someone who's unable to make decisions. They don't they don't agree, they don't deny, they just curious about everything. This person is always gonna be that person who makes decisions based on what everybody else is doing, based on what somebody else tells them to do. They'll never be able to make a decision on their own because everything they do, everything that's within them is influenced by something else. This person who has a weak mind, they're easily swayed. They're easily blown in every which and direction. That's why they on the fence. They on the fence, they don't know. They don't know what's hot, they don't know what's cold. They just lukewarm out here. There's a key to overcoming that though. It's in his word. A weak-minded person is quick to criticize, but very slow or apprehensive to forgive. You gonna, for, you gonna criticize everything that somebody do. You criticize, but you never gonna treat them in love, you never gonna forgive. You gonna be very slow to forgive if you ever do come to that. That's because your mindset needs shifting. Your perspective has to change. You haven't put on the mind of Christ. A weak-minded person is gonna make excuses after excuses after excuse after excuse after excuse about everything, about every decision that has to be made, about every assignment that God has given them. They're gonna make an excuse about that. Why? Those excuses gonna justify their actions or lack of action taken. A weak-minded person isn't sure what he or she should be doing. They don't even know what to believe. They don't know what to believe because you got this person saying this, you got the person over here saying this, you got that person in the back of your mind saying this, that person over there in your ear saying this. So they, they confused, they just don't know what to do. They don't know what to believe. They don't know what to say. They don't know who they are. So they usually find themselves taking bits and pieces of everything. You taking a little bit of this, a little bit of that, sprinkle some Buddhism over here, sprinkle some, some Muslim beliefs over here. I'm gonna sprinkle in that part of the Bible that I like. Sprinkle that Deuteronomy 28 scripture. I ain't gonna believe nothing else, but I'm gonna get that one. You just taking bits and pieces and just forming something that's just ungodly. Can we be real? Can we be real that the heavenly mindset is gonna be that thing that's gonna position us to advance the kingdom? The heavenly mindset, the mind of Christ is the thing that we should be pursuing, the thing that we should be focusing and setting ourselves up to have and to walk in. So that's, a, that's believing the gospel. This is why we must believe the gospel. The third one is deliverance. So cultivating the mind of Christ doesn't end at repentance. It doesn't end at salvation and believing that Jesus Christ died and rose again. That doesn't end there. Once you become saved, once you have repented, you must also be delivered and set free from all the toxicity, from all of those negative things that you've been believing, from all of that stuff that you've been carrying around, all that stuff that you've been believing, years and years and years of believing, you have to now be delivered and set free from all of those things. Every mindset that you have that isn't in alignment with what God's words say about you, every mindset that isn't in alignment about what God says about himself, every mindset that's in alignment with what you believe about people that's not in alignment with his word, you have to now be delivered and set free from those things. Why? Because they don't align with his word. 
You gotta be delivered from unbelief. You gotta be delivered from doubt. Cause if not, you gonna find yourself like we talked about earlier. You gonna be starting making them same decisions over and over and over again. Why? Because you never changed your perspective. You never got delivered from those toxic mindsets. You never got delivered from those untrue beliefs and thoughts that you were taught. Let me tell y'all, when we talk about deliverance, Psalm 34, 17 says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears them and then he delivers them out of all of their troubles. Listen, when we're developing a biblical mindset, y'all, we have to get rid of any baggage, any mindset that's keeping us bound. Because it's hard to think positively. It's hard to think purely. It's hard to think justly when we're surrounded by negative thoughts. It's hard for us, even the people who we hang around, it's hard to think on things that are above if we surrounded by people who gossip all the time. It's just, it's just difficult to think something pure about somebody else if somebody else is gossiping in your ear about that same person. That's why you ain't never been church hurt, but because your friend said that they was church hurt, now you church hurt by somebody who didn't do nothing to you because you surrounded by negativity. You surrounded by toxic people. Y'all, we gotta get, we gotta do better. Right? It's hard to develop a, a biblical mindset if you don't spend time in your word. Why? Because the word of God is going to be the thing that's cultivating that mindset. You got to get in your word to know it. If you constantly find yourself in sin and you're struggling and, and succumbing to temptation, if you struggle with comparison and gossip and jealousy and envy, it's going to be hard to cultivate a biblical mindset. It's going to be hard to renew your mind. Why? You need, you got to repent. You got to literally make a decision like, I'm not doing this no more. I'm sick and tired of struggling in this. I'm sick and tired of this. It's hard. It's hard to cultivate the mind of Christ when we have hidden and unconfessed sin. Listen, I'm trying to tell you, it's going to be hard. Why? Because you're always going to be, you're always going to believe you're unworthy. You're always going to believe you're unforgiving. You're always going to believe that someone else is thinking something crazy about you. You're always going to believe, oh, what this person going to think about me? What this person going to say about me? How these people going to view me if they hear what I did or what I'm doing? It's going to be hard because your thoughts are always going to be on that sin. Your thoughts are going to always be on that guilt. Your thoughts are always going to be on that shame that you experienced after you committed that sin. It's going to be hard to cultivate the mind of Christ if you're not living a pure life. If you're not living a lovely life, you will constantly feel like you're being judged. You will constantly feel like you're being condemned by other people. And we know that God is just not a God of condemnation. Listen, we got to let it go. That thing that's keeping us bound, that baggage that we're holding on to, those toxic mindsets and beliefs that we put got put on us at an early age, we got to let that go. We got to let that go. Those environmental factors that have influenced our responses to things, the way we believe things, we got to let that go. That person who hurts you, you got to stop dwelling in there. You got to let that go. You have to forgive. And then the last one I'll talk about is going to be guarding your mind. This is the sustainability piece. So we've done the repentance. We've done the salvation and the believing the gospel. We've done the deliverance piece. But how do we sustain this thing? How do we make this a lifestyle? How do we make putting on the mind of Christ something that we do consistently and that we are successful at? We have to have a sustainability plan. And that plan is going to look like guarding your mind, guarding your heart. Because once you've been delivered and once you've been set free, you have to guard your heart. You have to guard your mind by feeling those 
those things with good things, with godly things, with godly thoughts. You gotta practice Philippians 4 8 every single day. You can't give in. You can't be like, man, I don't even wanna fight no more. I'm tired of fighting. When you get to that point, then you, you leave a door open. You gotta fight daily to guard your mind. You gotta fight daily. You gotta be intentional, y'all. You have to be intentional about casting down every thought, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. You have to be intentional about pulling those things down every single day. As soon as a thought comes, no, I cast it down. No, it's not in alignment with his word. I know his word don't say that about me, so I don't believe that. I rebuke that thought. Even the stuff people are still trying to make you believe. People's belief systems and thoughts that they're still projecting over you. Even in your adulthood life, you got, oh, I don't believe that. That ain't what my Bible say. I don't receive that. This is how you fight daily to guard your mind, to guard your heart. We got to be intentional with our thoughts. We have to be intentional with our words. We got to be intentional with our actions. We got to be committed to being intentional about the other areas in our life. We got to choose to be intentional with how we think about ourselves. We got to choose to be intentional with how we see other people. We got to choose to be intentional with how we view the church. We got to choose to be intentional with how we view our coworkers. We got to choose to be intentional with how we view unbelievers. We got to choose to be intentional about all of these different things, right? Ask yourself, do my words edify or do they tear down? We got to be intentional with our actions. Are my actions pleasing God or are they grieving him? Of God. Every thought that's not in alignment, we gotta bring that thing into captivity. We gotta capture. 
capture that thing. This is not a one-time event. Every time it comes up, you pull it down. Every time it rises up, you pull it down. You bring it into captivity. And then lastly, read Philippians 2 verse 5 where it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And so before I officially close out, I do want to let you all know that I am going to be re-releasing the freebie. It's called Becoming Brand New, Seven Practical Ways to Renew Your Mind so that we can walk in freedom and victory. And so if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be down below in the description. And if you're listening to it in one of the podcast platforms, you can follow me at underscore ebony with a y d james underscore and it'll be in the link in my bio bye thanks for joining me this week on the girl get your voice back podcast if you're interested in learning more about overcoming condemnation and silent shame be sure to check out my website at www.ebonydjames.com and purchase my book silent shame the master's keys to overcoming condemnation to receiving healing and restoration If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating.